I, sh- I need to think in advance about how I'm going to intro these with the classic. I didn't think of one this time. <laughs> I think that's good enough. That's good. Okay, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> that's good enough. The, the, if, if they don't get it from the you know little intro beeps, then that this is a classic, then they're not paying attention. That's true. You do have the consistent, uh, the consistent mm-hmm. intro music. I'm definitely running out of new classic things. I need a little, a little guitar here or something to throw some music on the end of the, other languages. You know, other languages. Oh yes. my! There you. Okay, I've got some googling to do before we record the next intro. Yep. That's yep. yes, yes. We will start doing other languages. I like yeah. it. I like it. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, it's got to be a value add there somewhere. <laughs> you let me know when you find it. <laughs> so this classic episode <laughs> is all about the scam that is organic. <laughs> <laughs> the scam, huh? <laughs> you know, I I have a very I have very bad bad thoughts you're, about. You're you're more jaded than I am. Oh, I'm this. so jaded. I get I get so mad when my wife spends like twenty extra cents a pound on those organic bananas. I just it, it angers me. Is um, this is this your terroir? Is this it is. This is yes, this organic your terroir. This, yeah. this is the hill I will die on. This is my terroir. Mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. And and yeah. I will say again for the before people start you know pulling out of their Patreon sponsorship. <laughs> I am not organ, against organic growing practices. I think there's a ton of value there. I am against yep. the piss poor way, at least in North America, we regulate them and we allow people to skirt around true organic practices and allow them to advertise organic and let people pay all this extra money for organic things that are not really being grown in a good way. Right. That's very, very important aspect to this. We're talking about regulation, frankly. So this is a regulatory thing. And when people aren't being held accountable, you know, and they're not being monitored for their activity, what's the freaking point? Some industries, commodities are better regulated than others in terms of consistent data monitoring and on-site audits and things like that. And others are not. Others is like, yeah, I've, I applied, I got my organic certification and that's it. Mm Mm-hmm. Now it's like do whatever I want, and that's that's total bullshit. Uh, that's the the crux of the issue with around the regulatory slash marketing angle. The other misnomer here that we get into, and we're talking about organic production, is this concept that organic is sustainable, and it is not. Mm. Uh, no farming is the concept of sustainable is is absolutely ludicrous, at least to a scientist, because everything tends towards entropy. <laughs> You're never going to be able to set up a perpetual motion machine. So really, the what we really mean by saying sustainable is how can we do the least amount of damage and maximize the value of the inputs that we're using and, and get a good balance such that we're not wrecking too much? Because this is no matter what you do, it's a man-made system. Agriculture is the cornerstone of human civilization. And without it, we wouldn't be where we are. That means we are purposefully manipulating the environment to our advantage. How or how we do that and, you know, how much damage we do, you know, do the least amount of damage. That's really what the sustainability aspect is about. Did we break the environment? Uh, Years ago. Yeah. Mostly with tetraethyl lead. Thank you very much, grandparents. How do we organically move our way into this conversation, you think? I don't know. I've been thinking about that, and I just think it's a bunch of crap. (laughs) 
And there we are. A bunch of organic fertilizer. Ooh, okay. You can say shit. It's okay. We're a we're a fourteen plus code on the podcast. All right. Shit, shit balls. Yep. There you go. So we're going to talk about organic today, and that's a lot of topics to cover. There's organic farming. There's organic certification for the brewer. There's the importance or lack thereof to the consumer of quote organic and the whole philosophy behind it. So how the hell are we going to dissect this thing? Well, I think definitions are a good way to start so that everyone understands what organic is and what it means to, to your point, it has a bunch of different angles. So let's, let's start with, with the consumer because I didn't know what organic was for a while. If I'm a consumer and I see a bottle in the store that says organic beer, what has to happen for that to be labeled as such. Do you care? Or do you just care that says organic? Because I could go on for days about the hoodwinking that's gone on with the consuming public and this concept of, quote, organic and what it means. So, frankly, it's when it's hitting the consumer, it's a, it's a marketing angle. And, yes, there's teeth behind the regulations as to what needs to be called organic. You know, I'm all about the definitions and data, too, and we can go into embodied energy and all this kind of stuff of, of farming practices and manufacturing for organic versus non-organic, which I'm hoping we can actually get to. But from a consumer standpoint, what's more important? Is this, is this a philosophy thing? And if it is, how much are you willing to go out of your way to drink only organic beer? And why isn't there more of it being made? So why don't we... St- uh- I'm going to say we need to, to set the ground before we get into that. Um, as, as, a, as someone who, who doesn't care if I'm drinking organically or not, and frankly, it's hard to find, to your point, there, there's a reason for that. But in order for the FDA to allow it to say organic on the label, and I agree with you, it's a marketing thing to a large degree, but what, what do they have to do not to get in trouble? Well, they, the brewer has to show that at least at a minimum 95% of the raw ingredients in that beer are certified organic. Okay. Period. So when you add up the whole ingredient bill, you're going to find that pretty much the only thing in that other 5% <laughs> is going to be your yeast um, and maybe some adjuncts. But that basically means all of, your, all of your malt and all of your hops have to be certified organic. All right, so then let's take it a step back in the production trail then. Certifying your, your crop organic, what, needs to ha- what does that mean from a, a regulatory standpoint? If I'm going to sell my organic malt or my organic hops to someone. You're going to, well, let's start, let's start at the processor. So the processor, if we're working backwards, comes before the farmer. So the processor has to be certified organic. That means that they've got processes and procedures in place in their processing facility to ensure that conventional and organically produced crop do not cross paths and that and mix and that their sanitizing, cleaning operations, all that kind of stuff is using uh, national organic program, NOP we call it, uh, certified cleaning agents that are also considered green or organic. Um, so there's a certification step. And then before that, now you get back to the grower and they've got a whole bunch of hoops to jump through as well for the NOP in order to demonstrate that they are using organic production practices, which we could go into a little bit. But um, 
basically it's going to restrict what these growers are able to use as far as fertilizers, um, any crop production, chemical aids, uh, pesticides, fungicides, all that kind of stuff. Just because it's organic doesn't mean that these growers aren't using chemicals. They are, and in many cases, way more than conventional. It just so happens that the chemicals that they're using have been considered, quote, organic by some group somewhere, frankly, designed the system based around philosophy and not around chemistry. All right. So that, so that, so that leads into, perfectly leads into what my next question was going to be, which is, why are there organic regulations? What, what in, in an ideal world, what are these organic regulations supposed to do? Why did someone start the ball rolling of, we should be growing organically? What, what are the benefits there? There is a perception at some point that conventional agronomics are damaging the environment and that they are somehow producing a crop that is less wholesome nutritionally uh, and that they're impacting environmental health. So we can go back to looking at DDT and the impact that it had environmentally, massive impact. It wasn't well tested on anything outside of its target species. It was affecting raptors, birds of prey, all sorts of things. Rachel Carson, Silent Spring, all of these, you know, this attitude of better living through chemistry in Dow back in the 50s uh, led us to a bit of hubris, I think. And, and we started using all these compounds that we are now finding have environmental and health and physical health impacts. Okay, we could be smarter about how we're using our chemistry. However, that sort of bled over into uh, targeting farming because farming is a very chemically intensive operation, whether it's cow poop or it's nitrogen fertilizer. Um, nitrogen is nitrogen is nitrogen, and that's the plant's most limiting nutrient, so it doesn't matter where it comes from. For instance, uh, well, I'll, I'll give you this in a second. The concept of, well, we can do better by the environment and better by physical health by not allowing farmers to use these products, you know, uh, synthetic fertilizers and, and pesticides and herbicides, and making them use, quote, natural products that are more closely uh, or less, I should say, less adulterated or they're not made in a laboratory, which I have to break it to people, the insecticides that they're using coming from their pyrethroid daisies are actually made in a laboratory and not, they don't come out of daisies, just newsflash. Uh, so, so there's this whole perception. So that this, this market was born of quote organic. And in my opinion, as a scientist, uh, it, it was a smear campaign to say that all chemicals are bad and we should basically revert to an agrarian society and use cow poop and go out and pinch off caterpillars with our fingers. And that's just not the reality of our society anymore. We can't literally afford to produce a crop like that. There's too many people to feed and not enough people to do the work, nor would they, could we pay them to do it. So, so now we we're in an area where there has to be a, premium charged for this product in order to offset the increased cost of production. I don't care how you slice and dice it, organic certified 
crop production is more expensive than conventional. Well, that's because we're taking better care of the environment. Not necessarily, not based on the studies that have been done. Uh, numerous studies, more than we can talk about here, that will show, depending on the crop, it's a flip-flop between conventional and, and, quote, organic farming as to which one has less embodied energy and less environmental footprint. It's damn close to 50-50. So it really then does come down to a philosophy of, you know, what is it that you believe is important to you? Because the data does not support the fact that, quote, organic production is more sustainable in the long run than conventional farming. It just doesn't. And it's interesting because, you know, you go through the supermarket and you go through the produce section and you see so many fruits and vegetables, you know, are organically produced and they're always more expensive than the others. But clearly sure. in the supermarket, there is a market for that. And I'm, you know, I'm going to channel a little bit of the Captain Bringdown from you here and say it's because people aren't educated and they don't they know what they've been marketed to in terms of organic and they don't know some of the truths behind the data. Yeah, it's, it's you know, to quote Al Gore, it's inconvenient truth because the data just don't support the fact that organic farming is more sustainable than conventional farming. It just doesn't. Now, this comes in the wake of all of this stuff in the in the public news in the public saying, oh, there's Roundup in all of these beers because Roundup's contaminating the groundwater, blah, blah, blah. Are there scenarios where synthetic conventional agrochemicals are overused? Absolutely. I want to give another example. So let's talk about like synthetic fertilizers. Are they overused? They can be, but so can, quote, animal fertilizers. So manure, like in the state of Wisconsin of the 374 groundwater wells that the Department of Natural Resources sampled, they found like 34% of them are contaminated with animal feces because of so much being spread. And these are not on organic farms. These are on conventional farms just to make up some of the nitrogen so they don't have to spend so much on synthetic fertilizers. So now you tell me, can you produce at the same rate and same quantity per acre for corn and beans or even barley for brewing using organic production methodologies that you can using conventional no you can't you just can't do it not without having significant environmental impact like with runoff of nitrogen from from cow and pig and chicken shit so one is not better than the other they are different ways to get to an end result, and it all circles around philosophy. Mm -hmm. But philosophy and, I'll say, unfortunately, financials, because if, if they do provide the, the same thing at the end of the day, um, and it's cheaper to go one way or the other, well, there's, there's capitalism for you. I mean, people are going to gravitate toward the less expensive. Um, if it is, from a philosophy perspective, to your point, if it is important to you to be organic and to buy organic, well, first of all, be educated about it, because right. clearly there are plenty of studies that say it, it, it's not any better. But even through, and I'm, and I'm sure for all of those studies, there are opposing studies that say it is better. Um, but if it is important to you, understand that you are going to be taking a hit on the pocketbook, 
and you're not going to get, at least in our experience, that return on your investment, you, there is not a brewer out there that will pay the premium for your organic hops because they're organic to give you the same profit margin a non-organic grower will get. You look at what brewers are already charging for a six-pack in the liquor store around here for a premium product, and it's upwards of $9. So to say, okay, and I'm, I'm looking at data right now as, I'm, as we're talking about this, and we say, okay, so if we're going to experience a approximately 30% on the, on the high end, 30% lower yields in hops, and I'm going to need to make my same margin per acre, that means I'm going to have to charge 30% more for a raw ingredient uh, at the very minimum. In some cases, it can be up to 50% more. And brewers are already squelching around about how much hops cost and their raw ingredients. Are they going to, are they going to be able to get cover their cost for the, you know, the increase in their raw ingredients in their finished product? I say no, at least not around here. Yep, not around here either. I I do not see, I don't see organic beer flying off the shelves. No, I don't at all. I don't see it. And you know, even just doing a uh, a quick Google search, looking for organic beer, and seeing what's out there. Um, craftbeer.com is a has a good article called "The Big O: Defining Organic Beer," and really gets around that the hyperbole that's there, much like. There's, there's like, there's different levels uh, of quote organic beer. We talked about if you're going to have a straight up certified organic beer, you know, hundred percent organic is organic, only organically uh, produced ingredients and, and processing aids. So that could be like a fining agent, like Irish moss or something is organic, hundred uh, percent. And then organic, um, if you're just going to have organic on the label, then that's where we get into our 95% range. Um, and then you've got made with organic. So it's not claiming to be certified organic. It said made with organic. At least 70% of the product must be certified organic ingredients, including salt and water. Although, how do you certify organic water? Mine, smoke coming out of ears. Um, <laughs> so... It's a ridiculousness. Um, so I, I just looked here. So in the latest review, um, a sampling of organic breweries and beers. Uh, Asher Brewing Company in Boulder, Colorado. Bison Brewing in Berkeley. Butte Creek in California. Ukiah, California. Eel River Brewing, Fortuna, California. Hopworks Urban Brewery, Portland. Laurelwood, Laurelwood Public House and Brewery, Portland. Pigs uh, Brewing, Black Mountain, North Carolina. Roots Organic Brewing, Portland, Oregon. Thirsty Bear Brewing, San Francisco. So these are breweries that are all organic. Did you notice any trends there? <laughs> <laughs> California, Portland, and Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, so those people have figured that they can do this and actually devote their whole damn brewery to it in those locations because the philosophy there supports their business model. So it's it's almost more of a marketing decision. Totally. Than anything else. I mean, we could, if you're going to, and you know, I love my friends in Lincoln, but 
if they were to in the in the heartland of ag country to open somebody in Lincoln, Nebraska to open a hundred percent organic brewery, uh, they wouldn't make it a year because I don't think it's it, certainly to those folks there that's not that big of a deal. It's not that important, but you know, in California and Oregon, it is. So yeah, you've made you've made a a marketing decision, and hopefully it works out for you. Now that doesn't mean that there aren't organic beers out there from from other folks, you know, from all over the country. I mean, even here in Wisconsin, there's a few. It's it's certainly not a flagship beer, and and I would venture to guess, oftentimes it's a loss leader. Interesting. I know for us out here in in the Northeast, Peak Brewing, which is up in Maine, they're the they're the one that we see, and and you see, you know, one or two varieties in the package stores, but, but that's it. Um, th- there's really not anything else that's going on out here. And it's been that way for a very, very long time. Yep. I remember at our, at our workshops, I remember being at one in particular where there had to be 80 people in the room and you, and you started on this topic a little bit and you had a couple of people that got downright angry. Oh, yeah. About the conversation. And and that's why we're trying to present this with, we keep using the F word, the facts word. Yep. Um, yeah, people hate that F word. Yep. My, yep. my favorite four-letter F word, fact. Fact. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, p- people got mad uh, about what we were saying. And there's there's no, there is no judgment here on the, certainly the importance of sustainable agriculture and the importance of making sure that we take care of our planet. Those, those things are very, very important. Um, and don't mean to make light of them at all. But, but I have to, I have to interject here though, because organic and sustainable are not interchangeable words. Yes. And that's where I think a lot of people get, get worked up because they think, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about sustainability. Well, what does that mean? Well, I'm concerned, you know, about making sure that, you know, we're only taking out what we're putting in for, for energy and, you know, that it can go on and we're not damaging anything. It's like, I'm sorry that this, you can, you cannot disobey the laws of thermodynamics. <laughs> so, you know, and this is the entire field that I studied in graduate school. It's called environmental biophysics. And it's about the inputs and the outputs, energy flows in cropping systems. I don't care whether it's organic or not. And people would get that confused all the time that organic well you know i'm putting you know it's less energetic no actually it's more energetic it's just a matter where you're where you decide to put your energy and what's more important to you and that's what would piss them off i think it's the only sorry go ahead i say it's that it's that i was challenging their view on their personal philosophy and that's wasn't my intent i'm just trying to clarify it but oops it's the only buzzword people know for for natural and and not introducing anything foreign and you know it's a organic as a business term it's organic growth the the ability to have a business on its own accord with no external inputs continue to grow um, w- without change so the the term is correct I think for what it initially was intended to be used for. But then regulations get in the way, and and the way it's being measured and defined and licensed is uh, is unfortunately not what it probably was meant to be from the outset. 
here is my one of my main challenges to them. And it was always around fertilizers. And I've even lobbied the National Organic Program in the past with this philosophy or with this concept just to understand their philosophy. Using animal waste as fertilizer for nitrogen is perfectly acceptable and actually is so acceptable that entire colonies of threatened bat species in Jamaica and South America were nearly wiped out by mining the bat guano inside of these caves because it's natural and also happens to be one of the highest concentrations of nitrogen in animal waste. Hmm. Is that sustainable? Hmm. Probably not. How about this? So we're going to use animal waste because using synthetic nitrogen fertilizer, well, it's synthetic. Well, what people don't realize is that most of that nitrogen fertilizer is created from nitrogen out of the air because the atmosphere is 78% nitrogen. So what you're telling me is that the nitrogen coming out of the air somehow is not organic, but if it comes out of the ass of a cow, it is organic. Well, yeah, but it uses less energy than, than you know creating it out of the air, really. So you're going to use all of that energy because it's less dense in terms of, of nutrient dense than synthetic fertilizer to move it all around constantly with heavy equipment and whatnot and burning all the diesel fuel as opposed to using a more highly concentrated form that actually ends up having less energy used to make it and create and spread it than your animal waste. Hmm. If something's not adding up there. <laughs> Shut up, James. You think too much, right? But it's this idea that synthetic fertilizer is not organic. And, and, that, and that animal waste is some, somehow more pure, um, less uh, environmentally impactful of getting nutrients to your plants. No, I call bullshit on that. It's not. It actually can be incredibly wasteful. <laughs> so that's where we get down to philosophy. And I'm not a big philosophy guy. I'm not telling people what, you know, if they want to hold their, their status as, you know, being organic as a religion, that's fine. I can't tell them that they're wrong based on what they believe. However, what I can do is present them with facts that contradict their belief. It's not an opinion. These are, this is data. And that's where people get pissed off and actually walk out of the room. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it, it does, it bothers people. Well, I mean, and, and that goes in any walk of life when you contradict something that, uh, your belief can be so much stronger than facts being put in front of them. We, we spoke about cognitive dissonance recently. You had another f- phrase for it. I forget what it was. Um, but the idea of ignoring facts in the face of, of passion and uh, what you, what you want to be true. Right. Yep. So uh, I want to get back to one more fact here, a historical one that I've always found interesting and was, was part of our conversations with growers for a while. And that's the fact that to be organic, 95% of ingredients in beer need to be organic. So that's ingredients. An ingredient is a, is a defined term different than adjunct, which is a, a small additive. And hops until 2012, 2013 were considered an adjunct and not a full-on ingredient. So organic beer could be produced with hops that were not certified organic because they weren't considered a true ingredient. Correct. Um, And I remember uh, prospective hop growers at the time in 2011, 2012 saying, wow, this this is the time to get into organic hop production because the organic breweries are going to need this. 
Right. And that's when we first really started having the conversations because before then, it didn't matter if you were growing organically or not from a, from a marketing and sales perspective. The brewery didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now they do. So what other, you know, when someone is very interested in, in staying organic, whether that's the right or the wrong thing to do based on, on the F word, on the facts, um, what other things that we see in beers today would be considered an adjunct that it doesn't, you know, when, when a beer has, I'm going to just make this up, when, it, when, a, when a beer is advertised as having lemongrass in it, is that more likely an adjunct than an, than an ingredient? Oh, yeah, totally an adjunct because it's used in such teeny tiny quantities that it would certainly fall below, you know, into that additional 5% of being called, you know, organic. Lemongrass, chrysanthemums or, or hibiscus, um, coriander, you see a lot in wit beers, that kind of stuff. Um, you would expect those to not have to be organic. And if they do have to be, if you're doing 100% organic, as, as we mentioned earlier, then yeah, they would need to be. So you don't see many of those kind of beers being 100% organic just because the ingredients are too damn hard to find. And if you do find them, they're going to be stupid expensive. Yeah. Uh, so, so people will go for that 95% tier or the made with tier, which is 70%. Does that, I'd be curious to find out from our listeners, does that matter? Do you have to have a hundred percent organic beer or seventy percent good enough? And then I would challenge you: Is sixty percent good enough? Is fifty percent good enough? Where is, you know, where's your sellout point? <laughs> um, and and I I suspect it's regional, um, and probably even even local as opposed to regional. But I don't know. I that's part of that socioeconomic agronomic thing we're talking about in our three-pointed triangle of how does all this interrelate and what is important to you as a consumer what we've what brewers have been told is that right now it's juiciness and and hoppiness could that ever change to organicness maybe and would that would that would that drive a brewer to all of a sudden say, oh, now all my ingredients have to be organic and I have to be an organic brewery? I don't know. I, I don't know either. I mean, for me personally, going away from the beer side of things, if I'm at the, the butcher, for example, or in, in, the, in the produce section, I'm more likely to spend a few bucks more on, on local than I am on organic. But I am educated on what organic means and what the what the pros and cons are there. So I have a bit more perspective, I think, than the vast majority of people on, on what that's telling me. Local. I will go for local over organic every time. Mm-hmm. If I'm truly concerned about embodied energy and the, quote, sustainability realm of it, um, I will go for local every time. And not only does that have attributes of sustainability in it that coincide with organic philosophy, but it also has a much more of a focus on the sustainable nature of buying local, consuming local, and keeping those dollars in the community. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's, that's, that's part of that triangle that, that's a lot harder to, to marketize. Marketize? Is that a word? I just made it up. Um, monetize? Well, no, marketize. Turn it into a marketing term because, you know, organic, you can put a label on something and people get it. 
but you say local and they're like, what's that mean? Eh, it's, it's somehow or another, that's not, not as important, but it's actually more definitive <laughs> in, in describing what that product is as opposed to organic, which is, has a perceived term, you know, perceived definition to it. Yeah. I, and I, I feel the same way, the local to me. And we have, we have at the same time, when it comes to local on all of our shows, we, we've beaten the term to death and we've also barely scratched the surface of it. Right. It is, it is so important to, I think, everything you and I believe strongly in and that, that is important to this market. And for, for hop growers, you know, they're, they, they're put in a pickle because if they want to grow organic, they've really got to be concerned about their, where they are growing because there is no, and I don't care what chemical manufacturer, organic chemical company tries to sell you on, oh, this will take care of downy mildew products. There is nothing that's certified organic that will control downy mildew. Nothing. So that means you better be located in an area with low to no instances of downy mildew. Otherwise, you're fighting an uphill battle. And your cones are always going to look ugly. And your cones are always going to be, you know, on the risk of losing quality because of the fact that you just don't have any tools at your disposal to manage those diseases as effectively as conventional growers do. So the, the most successful hop growers that are certified organic hop growers are either in the high desert or in New Zealand where they don't have those disease pressures. That's, that's their, that's their niche. That's their angle. And that's how they compete. But if to try and do it in Wisconsin, where we have, you know, super high humidity at night and downy mildew everywhere, forget it. I've seen so many organic growers pop up and disappear within three years just because they can't stay ahead of it so and do they do they disappear or do they just give up on the on the organic practices they disappear hmm. because they're usually in so in over their head in terms of cost that they can't afford to continue they've they've burned through all their capital maybe foolishly they didn't do enough market homework you know, I know, and we have friends in New York that are like this too, that are hop growers. And I just remember him calling me and just saying, how, uh, wow, how is this, how are we going to make this work? Because it's just, how do you stay ahead of the downy mildew? Well, you don't, not organically. And we've been saying that for years. Yeah. So it really, it, you know, it comes on back to the fact that it is a, it is such a personal decision, but if you don't do your, your business plan, which we've touched on many times, um, if you do that business plan and really look at costs and yield and all those things and, and profitability, and of course you say all those things and you feel like the, the, the dirty capitalist who's raining on the parade of, um, of the environmentalist, it's reality, cold, hard reality of what is financially sustainable. There's, you know, we talked about, about, um, sustainable from a production practice and you know for the sake of the planet but you've got to be concerned with financial sustainability if it's not going to work it's not going to work correct so there's this idea in natural capitalism called uh the triple bottom line which is if you are really focused on the good of the community the good of the environment and building a business that is viable then you know your everything that you do in your business has to 
revolve around those three things, environmental sustainability, social responsibility, and economic viability. You can't shortchange either any of, of those three legs of the triple bottom line. The only thing that would change that in beer is the consumer, because we, we know that we can grow these hops organically in certain locations. And I know some organic growers that are getting close to, if not equal, yields in certain places. But until there's a demand for it from the consumer side, it's just not going to happen because it's not financially viable. Yeah. So you hear that, consumers? If, you, if you're wondering why there's no organic beer out there, it's because you're not willing to pay for it. Right. Just not, you know, it's not important to you. Mm-hmm. Or enough of you, I should say. What's more important to you is juiciness. Oh, no. Are we back to juicy? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to be on that for a long time. You don't, you don't see, you know, women walking around with sweatpants on that say organic on the butt, do you? Uh, this is true. This is true. And why you would put juicy on the butt, I don't know, but damn. Organic. I, I, I think we have. You know, no one steal that from us. This is a, this is ours. We are going. We are going to put out those sweatpants that say organic on the butt. I'm glad we didn't tell anybody about. Oh that. yeah, yeah. Well, no one listens, so I think we're. Safe. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we're okay. That's all I got. Yeah, I, I think that's a great way to call it in morning. Yeah, it's a heady topic that we can't uh, we can't get too deep into, or we're just going to be rehashing it. So. There will be a short one today. I uh, hope you guys found this interesting and enlightening, and, and some of you will find it enraging, but I'm really good at that. Especially if you find it enraging, we want comments. We want to hear if you are a hugely successful um, organic hop grower and you've got someone buying it and making a great organic beer from it, uh, free advertising. Put a comment on the on the podcast. We'd love to hear about it. Yeah, and we might even want to have a chat with you and figure out what your what your market looks like. Yeah, right now, that's the state of affairs. 